so rude. Okay. So nasty. <laughs> so nasty. So rude. <laughs> I love when people say Real Housewives references. It's the best thing. Oh my thing. gosh, have you been um, watching this season? Of course. That's the first thing I watch when I wake up. <laughs> I can't watch a full season of like reality TV. I have to like just live vicariously through other people and like through Twitter because I can't actually stand certain things. Like I can't stand Cynthia. Like I genuinely can't. Um, I really like Kenya and I know a lot of people don't. <laughs> Do you like Kenya because she's full of drama? Because I don't think mm. you'd like her as a person in real life. I know you would not like you would not like Kenya. She's very diabolical. Mm, okay, That's I can see that. But word. then, hmm, I don't know why I like Kenya. I like Kenya because I think she's misunderstood. <laughs> I think um, that's a crazy thing to say. Have you seen this season at all? I watched the first few episodes. So, like, obviously oh. with um, what's her name? What's her name? Um, Portia. And like her whole situation with her baby daddy and her husband mm-hmm. and like all his drama. And I just really felt sorry for her. And yeah, yeah. I watched like an episode where he was saying like in counseling how he cheated on her because she's pregnant. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he tried man. it. That was very annoying. <laughs> he really tried it. Oh, I can't deal. But who's your favorite? Well, I can't stand Eva, by the way. Oh, Eva, do, my issue, okay, oh, this is fun. I, I get, no one ever lets me talk about, like, give a rundown of every character. <laughs> so Eva, my issue with Eva is that she forgets, as Candy says, she forgets her shade. She'll say something and be like, I didn't say that. I never said that. Never said that. No, can't be me. And then, But she she says things and then completely forgets them. So I don't forgets, like that about So she's her. just one of those people that like, mm, sorry, not me. I think she forgets, honestly. But what I don't like is that she doesn't say, okay, I guess if you're saying I did, I must have. Like, instead of just being honest about it like sometimes i forget stuff and i'll be like you know okay i guess well i didn't i don't remember saying it but if i did i'm sorry but she never wants okay. to admit that she's done anything so that annoys me and then i just she's also said some really anti-black things sometimes yes guess, right this is my uh, issue with her. yeah like the black with the cue and then the whole nappy headed hose it's just like mm. I, I, I definitely think she's colorist for sure oh she's definitely yeah. colorist and she's definitely you can tell um she gives me bad my thing with Kenya is I actually find Kenya very entertaining. I think she's beautiful. I think she has a beautiful daughter. I do have a problem with her sense of style because, you know, she's she's just, I think her sense of style is very dated. It will make you say she's stylish. Um, but I feel like Americans, the idea of stylish is mad. Like some things that I've seen Cynthia wearing, I, my friend Susan yes, about it as I'm well. Like, you were a model. I'm like, how are you? How is this passing as fashion, please? And how uh, is no one talking about this? But the Americans, I feel like, yeah, Americans have a very interesting sense of style. I feel like there's a, a European swag, like an like an African swag. You always know, no shades, and we always know when like Americans have a different Collect sense of style. Shade. No, for, they have for a different, sure. they have a different sense of style. You always see them on red carpets. Like I love my black celebrities, but I always feel like. They just don't get like less is more sometimes. Like they always go for more. And I think that that's a very Atlanta thing as well. So Kenya is, is really also because she doesn't know how to dress her boobs. Like it, mm. it's, just, it's just like, what is happening? She's always wearing those like low V neck. Anyway, that's what everybody in the real houses of Atlanta does. Dresses, you know? yeah. The V, the V, Candy low is neck. The, the number one for her. The number one. With her, what's her store called again? Candy's. Well, that's Candy Cool Night. She has a store. But Many anyway, so Kenya. Candy. 
I don't know. She has a lot of businesses. With Kenya, my thing is, I think she sometimes starts things and shouldn't. Like the thing she did to Marlo with the bringing her hair care line, it was really shady. It was funny to watch, but I can see how that can be offensive. I think she doesn't have boundaries. And then also when she told Tanya that her, like she was just hinting at Tanya's partner cheating because Tanya said her relationship was perfect. Let the girl be in denial. It doesn't exactly like, like you don't have to be the one. To, like sometimes yeah. I feel like people need to understand that you don't have to be the one to let people know. It's actually okay. Yeah. Like hold it I to think your she's chest. Yeah. So my favorite characters are actually Portia and Candy. Portia's really grown on me because she's actually really funny. Um, but the mm, thing is, say I didn't really like her before. Seen. Really? I didn't like her. Like, I liked her before she first came. She was entertaining but because she said really silly things. But I didn't like how she acted like she didn't know what happened with the whole Phaedra thing. I was like, mm, you did, but whatever. You know, the Phaedra can be yeah, yeah, yeah. sex dungeon, oh, whatever. I really don't know yeah. what happened, but I just lived through you and a couple of people on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Phaedra lies. Yeah. She just kept lying. So I really like Candy because honestly, she is the most mature and I, I I like her energy. I like that she's ready. Nobody messes with her. Like she's ready to clap back. Who's this Candy? Also, yeah. Okay. But she's also able to be calm enough. Cynthia, I do find her boring. Nini, I think Nini is a child and a bully. She needs to grow she's up. She's a bully. She's a bully, and but she's entertaining to me, but I don't know if she's still entertaining now. I don't find her entertaining now. Enough of I said what I said. Like you're too, I hate to say you're it, but too she's too grown. You're too grown for this. Like, stop it. I actually really like Marlo because Marlo's really funny. No, I like her because she's the only one that can come with her, like, hot takes and, like, can shut everyone down and is, like, very, yeah. very point. And I like direct people in general. People who love Real Housewives will love this episode of your podcast. Those that don't will be like, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, oh, my God. Can these people know? <laughs> But oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy with TV right now. Like TV is really, really doing a lot. Netflix are doing their thing with documentaries, like the Aaron Hernandez thing. I've been talking about it all weekend. I don't know how, if who is that. The, the NFL footballer that oh, the that one murdered. Dated. Oh no, I don't know him. Oh my god! Please watch it. I feel like watch it. I Sorry to that man. Okay, I'll watch it. Because you know, like I feel like whenever I'm watching TV shows, I'm like, oh, I wonder if Dami's watching it. Like cheer, yeah, cheer was great. I really enjoyed it, and Ladarius, great, fabulous. (laughs) I I did, I did agree with people. I wanted to see like like more black women. Um, I always actually when I watch a TV show, the first thing I look at is for black women, and then also what color, what shade, because I find Mm, that TV shows can be very. That is all part of it. It is all part of it. Um, I definitely agree with that. I feel like color colorism is a factor that I, I think about when I'm watching TV whether if the, there is a black person is it a black man or a black woman so it's like yeah for sure like I feel like I said I, tw- I think I tweeted about it and I was like mm. yeah and I find that with TV shows it's always very easy for them to cast a darker skin guy but it's mm. so hard to cast a darker skin woman and I find that I find that intentional and I find it lazy very, and I find it annoying so I always, I always look out for it. So like, I just finished watching the show that everybody prays about before they watch Serena. And I like that mm-hmm. one of her, her um, there's like a mixed race black girl. There's a black guy, mixed race black guy. And then there is a um, darker skinned black woman. I actually find the term mixed race black weird. Mixed race. Is Mi- I meant mixed race. race. Like in, in actually, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. In America, you know, you're, you have to be black. Like you can't be mixed race is like, they don't, they think maybe they don't accept the terminology as much. Like you are black because of the 1%. That's ball. true. Yeah, that's, then, that's true. 
And then for those of us that didn't grow up with an American outlook, and then if we lived or studied in the UK, we understand that being mixed race is like a thing. Like it's a thing. it is its own. It's its own race. And <laughs> um, it's not, so. they're like certain things that people do not accept, and it's fine. Um, like terms like half class is really really outdated and it's really offensive. So I African uncles and aunties need to understand that it's. I actually find them okay. about it. And they argue that, yeah, but like, I, my friend calls his, he, himself half caste. And I'm like, so. Oh my gosh, this is the friend, thing. <laughs> let, let's even put it, let's people in Nigeria actually call themselves half caste. And I find it yes, so stressful. I do. But I also think that for them, they don't know what, like, I guess when it's you, it's kind of, I guess, the argument for the N word, the B word, whatever That's word. True, yeah, like, yeah. So this is what I was, and I'm okay with it. But that doesn't mean that it's okay. So I do think that they could try to not use the term, even though we said it like three times in this podcast. But also. No, but like, uh, as I, in like highlighting it rather than saying, Highlighting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as an excuse as well, I feel like older Nigerians do that a lot. Like also with the word, like the, what they call Chinese people. They, like, oh just my feel God, like, just because, like Asians. Mm-hmm, I just Ugh. feel that just because you had one friend that said it and it was okay with it doesn't make it okay. Because it's the same thing we say to white people. <laughs> I am not your friend that you said the N-word to. Don't try me. Don't play me. I'm not interested. I had a friend in uni. He was Asian and he used to say the N-word and he said that his friend, who is very mixed race, <laughs> was like, oh, it's cool, it's cool. It's like, fine if you do it. Yeah, because he's like one of those like, like Asian guys who like, Hang out with black people and like listen yeah. to Tupac and just recently yeah. got introduced to Tupac and is taking it on his head. That, girl. that is great. You can love it. You can love it, but it's still not your word. And this is what somebody was saying. I think it was on the reel about how there can still be racism in diverse spaces. So mm. you know, that's so that. true. Yeah, it was Amanda Seals on the reel. I think she said that. Oh, she's not um, like a permanent member, isn't she? And I'm so happy because she's really real. Because sometimes with the reel, I find that it's very cookie cutter. Oh my god, um, yes, especially with Tamira. <laughs> Come at me as she's my least favorite character. I'm so sorry. I am you so call her a character. <laughs> you mean you mean host. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's so put on. It's like so put everyone on. has their personality and the only like Tama was the only one who I felt was really, really saying like I agree. stuff. I felt like mm-hmm. okay, Lonnie, I was expecting her to be more like real and say and like obviously if um, once in a while she goes off script and says something outlandish but it's not it doesn't feel authentic I actually agree with you in, on some things and then you know I think that with TV shows everybody kind of has, has a part that they play mm-hmm. I think Lonnie, Lonnie being in the middle is supposed to be the person that brings everyone in and balances conversation she's supposed to be the one that you know drives the conversation back to the main point is diplomatic and then you know just just you know balances mm-hmm. um Tema, I really loved Tema on the show. I thought she really did keep it real the way Amanda mm. is now. Just that she was very theatrical with her realness and also behind the scenes all these things about her being, I don't know, allegedly being, you know, Tema, um, as we know. So yeah. I can see why that's off-putting. With Tamara, I don't, I don't know if Tamara is pretending. I think that she gives me the impression that she is that woman who's living what? that experience of like, what's that thing that American pumpkin last <laughs> Oh she's, God. Like, yeah. she's like the you know she's I mean, even her tv shows she was in i think that's just who she is she's a very sweet um like she's she's sweet all-american christ-loving um like woman and so she always wants to keep the peace the people i actually find interesting <laughs> and not in a good way are adrian and i really like Jenny, but then lately Jenny, she sorry. kind of her take on the ti 
thing and a few other things that put me off. But Adrian, I just kind of find her slightly annoying. Um, but Jeannie, I really did like her, but that I feel that she also, you know, we can all we can all learn from each other. But now I think the show has gotten a bit but more that, dynamic. But and- yeah, that balance that was needed. It felt like everyone was too agreeable. Like they were agreeable yeah. too much and it didn't feel real. Like nobody and had I think- a difference in opinion and that was so boring. Exactly. And now Lonnie, I've noticed that she actually says a lot more of what she thinks now that Amanda is there right beside her to like egg her on. Yeah, because um, I feel like Lonnie, I was expecting a lot of that. Like she, like the, the most you'd get out of her before, like uh, just after T- um, Tamar left was like an eye roll or, uh, mm, or like, a, uh, like, but you wouldn't really get the feeling of what she was trying to say. And I really, really didn't like that. Um, but yeah, so that's what Amanda Seals was talking about, like how diverse, like you being black and then being with other people of color doesn't mean that there can't be racism in that space. And that, you know, sometimes we talk about diversity when we actually mean inclus- inclusivity. inclusivity yes. um, so yeah. No, completely. I feel like that people have made the, those terms interchangeable and they're really, really not. They're really not. Um, they're not, yeah. But it's cool. I actually just had... A question for you because I wanted you to play this game. Uh-oh. It's uh, okay. <laughs> the cast of Sex Education. Who are you? So interesting. I, I've taken this test already, but I'm quite curious to see who you are. I oh my god, it's fun. I already kind of know who I think you are, but I shan't okay. say it. So <laughs> and I'll say if I'm surprised. Okay, you you know this is what I love. I love quizzes. And me too. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Anyway, ask me your questions. I'm excited. Okay. First, how would your BFFs describe you? Smart, creative, funny, impulsive, bold, or honest? (laughs) No one. one. Yeah, wait, so I only have to pick one, right? So smart, creative. creative. I consider myself funny, but people say I'm some haters. Say I'm not. Okay, so I would pick... Impulsive, bold, I would pick... um, I would pick honest because I think that even though I find myself very intelligent, I think like beauty and intelligence are in the eyes of the beholder. So, or and mm. ears of the beholder. So I would take honest because honest. nobody can tell me I'm not honest. Okay. No, that's true. Um, choose a class attend. One, how <laughs> to take a good, a great selfie, the art Ooh. of cooking, the science of Harry Potter, Feminist <laughs> Literature 101 <laughs> Lego Robotics Or Sex Education We already know Okay, so well, I think I know who I'm going to be But I will pick um, Feminist Literature But really What I really need Is how to take a great selfie But I know that I would pick The Feminist Feminist Literature Yeah Because I feel like, so like A whole class dedicated To taking a selfie Girl Okay I need it though. Like I know, every time I see bomb selfies, I take good pictures of things, but I never take good selfies. I don't know. My head doesn't fit in the frame. But I'll pick feminism because that's really what I would truly want to keep to reading about. It's something important to me. All right. Pick something to eat at the school cafeteria. Pizza, salad, peanut butter <laughs> and jelly sandwich, chicken nuggets, fruit salad, or a milkshake. I know you I actually would... I would pick pizza because when I was in school, I used to, like during in the during lunchtime, I always used to get the pizza. But now I'm like just gluten intolerant, and I still don't care. I was literally gonna say, pizza. I thought you were gluten free. I am, but I I don't want to be. So okay, okay. I would never pick the like I would never pick peanut, uh, peanut butter. I might do chicken nuggets or pizza, but let's go with pizza. Mm, chicken nuggets. Um, the chicken nuggets in the picture stuff is looking quite inviting. 
Okay, okay which... fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, fix it already. It's pizza. Okay, which character would you trust with their secrets? <laughs> this is so hard because all of them were giving out secrets. Giving out secrets left, right, and center. Jackson, Lily, Ola, Viv, Raheem, or Isaac. Who's Jackson again? The guy that was sporting contacts. <laughs> contact lenses and was a swimmer the jock character oh the black guy to be honest he doesn't say much he's not gonna tell us all okay yeah here's my thing this is the thing oh. i would pick jackson or ola um because i think they actually never revealed anyone's secrets so honestly to be i would probably pick ola because she doesn't have peer pressure dealing with her the way jackson does i would pick ola the thing about ola yeah that i didn't like was her haircut <laughs> Every time I was like, oh, gosh. Ugh. And her dress sense was a bit too mad. It was... I knew it was supposed to be realistic because it's like, you know, like American TV shows, they give you like people are wearing Balenciagas or whatever or like some ridiculously priced handbag or whatever. And this is supposed to be realistic. So I really appreciated that. But come on, for goodness sake. Dungarees every day. What are we doing? To be fair, I like my dungarees, but... I but every, no. it's, it's a bit too much like Mario. She actually looks like Mario. <laughs> she, did. she did. And I feel like, side notes, I feel like they didn't do a great job at making her look like a young person. I felt like she looked a lot older than everyone else. Personally. Yeah. Choose yeah. Mm-hmm. something so, important from the series. Otis's sex clinic, Maeve's essay um, prize trophy, the quiz heads, um, Lily's musical, or Maud, the Mordale Secondary School. The more just I can just go the whole the whole show. I know, right? It's just so <laughs> random. Um, I definitely don't care about Lily's anything. Lily's so weird. I couldn't She's even so weird. It, yeah, so it was annoying. too much. Like it wasn't it wasn't cute. It wasn't <laughs> and like it was too much. I didn't enjoy it. It made me feel very awkward and like her her weirdness wasn't quirky, it was just irritating. So Yes. Um, I find Otis really annoying and I feel like he he takes too long to give advice, so no. <laughs> Um, funny enough, I think it's between the model, sec- which is the whole school, and yeah. quiz heads. I think I want to go with the quiz heads. I actually really enjoyed their scenes. I was very fascinated by the answers. So quiz heads. Um, I have to say something about Eric. I'm sorry, not Eric. I'm about Otis. His friendship with Eric is so hilarious because to me, it feels like some of the jokes, they seem like, f- like they have a great relationship. But then I feel like Eric isn't really serviced in the relationship because... Mm-hmm. Like, this is your best friend. And some of the jokes that Eric says, I feel like goes over Otis's British humor. You know what I mean? And I feel like, oh, yeah. I wish you got that, but you don't because, you know, Eric has to yeah. do understanding and the friendship and you don't. Yeah. And I think that's why they had issues the first season where he felt like Otis was really selfish. Because Otis is selfish. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. But Eric, Eric is hilarious. I think my favorite line is, wash your hands, you dirty pig. Dirty pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think for me, my favorite bit that I actually had to pause and laugh was when Otis said he was going to have like a, a, what's it called, a party. And then he said, oh, should I make a roast chicken? And then Eric's reaction was like, roast chicken? Don't be serious. <laughs> it was so funny. His reaction That's was very funny. True. Yeah. Um, and finally. <laughs> so I'll pick him. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you, put, you picked the, the quiz heads, but then this is Yeah, the yeah. Question. That's the one. And finally. Yeah. Pick something to binge watch on Netflix. Um, Shit's Creek. What the hell? 
Have you not seen that? It's it's spelled um C A C um S C H I double T um apostrophe S. Well, so the rule of thumb for me is I don't watch anything with Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, I just no, assume no. they're all going to be boring. This is actually quite funny. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit slow, but it's funny. Um, what is it about? So basically, um, this family, they're really rich and they're involved in like a Ponzi scheme kind of situation and they lose all their money. And okay. then they have to move to the only place where nobody's interested. Like they invested their money in and no one's interested in in, in buying the, the the town they invested their money in this town it's called Shit's Creek and they basically have to start life all over again and her mother <laughs> one of those people who's like up to her, her ears in pills and stuff and is like just drinks all the time so she's hilarious and then the daughter's obviously void from reality and then the son is just like overly over everything so he's obviously my favourite character <laughs> of course um, so Shit's Creek okay End of the effing world. Mm-hmm. Atypical. Chilling adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> Stranger Things or Grace and Frankie. Oh, okay. You know, for a second, I was a bit worried because you know I'm a self-proclaimed TV addict. Well, not everybody knows it's not self-proclaimed, but I consider myself a TV show Special. legend. Yeah. Um, but I have a confession. There are two shows on there that I really want to watch, but I haven't had the chance to because there's just too Looks many like things to watch. No, I've watched that. Um, yeah. Atypical and um, End of the World because I heard it's amazing and I haven't, Same, watched, I haven't it. watched it either. Yeah, so um, actually, it was. I thought I was going to pick Sabrina before I heard the other two, but it's very easy for me. Stranger Things. That is the one thing I binge watch every season in eight hours. I never stop. Like I've watched it like with with Yasa, my partner, as you know, um, like all nights. Like we'll just stay up and watch it, and it's really weird because we don't watch a lot of shows together like that. So Stranger Things has this crazy effect on me and even him. So Stranger Things. so good. I love that because Stranger Things is one of those things that I don't feel like people expect to enjoy. Because I was like, oh, what's this going to be? But it's so good. It's so addictive. Yes, I can watch it. It's so funny because I know that. Um, you'll be running commentary and he'll be like, oh my gosh, why is this I know, <laughs> but he actually does with Stranger Things, which is excellent. So maybe that'll be our show. And then when we have kids, we can watch it with the kids. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be really cool. Like, so Watching boring. Stranger Things. Watch <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So I have your results here. I'm, I'm scared now. I'm not. Uh, am I surprised? Not really. You got Amy Gibbs. So Amy, I actually Amy. love Amy. And Same I find because people because she's supposed to be stupid. I'm not, but I actually really love her. So I, I really I'm like happy. her. It says your personality matches Amy. You're charismatic, huh? bold, and fierce. Okay, like okay, Amy, you're extremely confident. While some okay. people might consider you popular, you'd rather have a quiet night in with your BFF and hang at a than hang at a party. You do that is actually so true. Friends. Well, it's actually pretty accurate. I wasn't expecting that. Me neither. The answers. Okay, but who did you think I was going to get? I really thought you were going to get Eric. Eric? I don't know why. I really just expected The flamboyance that. in some ways. Like, I do love that I he's like, like, even if he's going to the town hall. <laughs> to no, what stuff. was the gele scene? I was like, ah! I got Maeve and I was really upset about that. And why? I don't know. Like, I just feel like, as much as Otis is selfish, I feel like Maeve can be very self-serving as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she's definitely like, she means well, but she's yes. like a white 
feminist. And then also she also kind of, you know, I know she's had a hard life, but she also, it's not that hard to communicate, girl. I'm happy that you like Adam too. Oh my God, I love Adam. And the thing is that I really thought I would get Jean when I did the the, um, the quiz. But I don't Who's know. Um, Otis's mom. Oh yeah. So I actually have this problem where because I watch so many TV shows, I don't remember. Remember the names? No, no, that's actually me. I was remember like, oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm like, who's that? Um, no, I really like her. I just feel like this season we got to understand her a little bit more, understand like her complexes and why she is the way she is and why she's so annoying and she can't see past mm-hmm. her, you know, mm-hmm. herself basically and is so obsessed with, you know, fine tuning everything in Otis's life. I really liked the way they did that. It was really, really good. And I love that they showed how much of a douche his dad is. And my favorite... Oh, finally. Part, yeah. Yeah, his dad is a douche. But you know what? I feel so sorry for Jean because if I found that I was pregnant in my late 40s, I would probably cry. <laughs> oh my God, right? Like when she cried, how I was horrible. like, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, it's really... I'm just happy to have someone to talk to about shows. <laughs> Apart from you, apart from you and Pearl, uh, I feel like nobody gets my show taste, and it's fine. No, I know what you mean. It's really nice um, doing this. Yeah. What other reality TV shows are you watching, though? I know that because you, as I don't know how how you do it though. Like I feel like with all the things that you do, because obviously you've been editor in chief for like not one, not two, but three. Yeah. And like yeah, Hambini, Zumi, and like. Um, Zikoko and then going yeah. on to doing like your, your social producing for CNN I don't know how you find the time I really really don't how do you I think well I struggle I, well, the thing is my downtime is watching TV shows so and I don't ever do one thing I'd say it's really bad because you should actually focus on whatever you're doing and now I'm a lot better so before I would eat and watch my TV shows I would like be doing like cleaning up a house and doing TV shows and watching yeah. TV shows. So How do you I do that? Kind of, I don't know. I find it really easy to like multitask. Um, okay. Although there are One diminishing returns. Like I've reached that point where like my brain now struggles where because people think multitasking is so great but actually it's probably less efficient um, because it, it would be better to finish one thing and then move to the other and there's a point where it's like you know diminishing economies of scale okay that's so technical but anyway literally i was gonna um, say girl what <laughs> but i do um i watch so i watch tv shows like when i can't sleep i when i whenever i wake up middle of the night i catch up on a show um and then also like i said when i'm do, like eating or whatever i don't know how i do it i just do it I, it's like maybe people come home and relax but the thing is people actually watch a lot of tv but they don't see it as like the way i watch tv shows because i don't watch tv i never just sit down and watch like like DSTV or Sky or whatever, I always like watch shows that I like particularly. So I will make out time for that. And then that's why I have my Excel spreadsheets of TV shows, which is really crazy. I have an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> that is... Because I couldn't keep track. I couldn't yep. keep track of like... I don't like, know, man. Um, that's a, <laughs> I'm always... Bad, but, but then it's you though. Like you're super efficient and you yes. kind of always have something going on. I'm just like... I don't know. I I am very very different to that. It's like, uh, what what's on and how can I watch it and whatever. Yeah, Somehow, and I always, I always forget um what day the shows are on. So it's really important yeah, I write I it down. Like because for example, even now, um, 
like I, I watched the Charm reboot. I know it's really good. It's really bad. It's so good. I watched the Charm reboot and then I never remember when it's on. And I was talking to a friend and he told me that it's back on. And because Netflix has like taken over my life, I've been struggling to keep up with the non-Netflix shows like, you know, the other networks. Um, so actually now it's gotten harder. I struggle a lot more. Um, like I finally fin- finished Sabrina this week and then the week before I finally finished Sex Education and then You. And because of that, I'm missing out on other shows like Power. I know I watch Power. I can't what? believe you watch Power. I, I, I can't watch it. I really can't. I think that... funny. I don't know how to explain this. It. Is, this is, I'm going to tell you something mad <laughs> that the reason, the, my reasoning for not liking Power, it's going to seem really, really stupid. I'm really, really small. Mm-hmm. But my thing is... When something annoys me, I can't get over it. So my thing is, I watched the first season and the fact that he was cheating on a black woman for this yeah. lady. I, I don't know, is she like... Jamie, uh, the Hispanic lady. Yeah, um, I Angela. She I actually her, and like not, not, not fulfilled. And this woman who has moved heaven and earth to, you know, be by your side and riding for you and blah, blah, blah. But of course you want the woman who's involved in like, legal stuff and you 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 feel more yourself and i feel like that's a narrative that's always being pushed and i can't stand it so i just was like nope not involved in this i get why you feel like that but spoiler alert thankfully angela dies yay <laughs> love it but but also um power wasn't really good when it started for me it was very average it was kind of like empire <clears throat> in terms of in terms of they're not similar shows i hate when people compare them in terms of like casting or whatever but in terms of like ratings, it was like they were both funny, so bad and funny. Um, but then season three, I think, of Power was really good, and then I think season four, so it it kind of got better, and then now it's kind of become bad again. <laughs> but it's the final season, so I want to, I just want to finish it. Um, and I also agree with you because I find it annoying that you know this guy you've you met your wife when she was like sixteen, whatever. She's doing the whole ride or die thing that men always say they want. And she's in this life that, you know, that you guys build together. And I understand your frustration because you want to go legit and she doesn't. And that's frustrating. But it's not her fault that your high school sweetheart broke up with you and you should just be faithful. But I think there are always excuses when it comes to men cheating, i.e. Portia's uh, fiancé saying she wasn't available. But then I noticed that even on Real Housewives, he kind of corrected himself and just admitted that actually he was just trash. So... I feel like yeah. oh, this is it. This is it. I I love the breakdown because I just feel sometimes that I'm a little bit um, too involved with characters on TV, and I'm like, oh, how can you do that to her? I can't, and I literally yeah. can't watch something because of that. But sometimes it's... that happens. Like that happens to me some shows, but I don't know some some shows. I'm like whatever, um, but I understand why you feel that way about power because um, you know that show that we that you actually turned me on to. Um, what is it called? The one with um, Mariana and Callie. What's it called oh, again? Good Trouble. Good Trouble. Yeah, I, I love it. that show. You stopped it. Stop watching it. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I just felt no. like every episode was had to be like very like liberal. Like, okay, we're going to tackle immigration today. In the next episode, we're going to tackle water in America. And then it was just very, you know, although they did it so well. They, but oh my also, gosh, they do it so well. Yeah, I think I need to go back and watch it again because I think I just got overwhelmed with too many shows. No, no, no. And what this, happened this is such a good I show. Move on. No, this is such I a good go show. Back. I will go back. I will go back. I hate that Mariana's and... character. I think she's the worst person. Mariana the... is the little one, right? The yeah, smaller the, one. The, the cute one. She's so cute. I think she's so cute. 
yeah, I find I, her so jarring. Ugh. She's, yes, I actually agree. She annoys me. And I find people like that in general annoying. So I actually understand what you're, you're saying. Because sometimes I find characters, I don't like them because I'm like, I wouldn't like them as a real person. So yeah, I don't like exactly. So my thing is that, I don't know, like I'm trying not to be so involved with, with obviously like with all the stuff that I read and my activism for black women and stuff. I find that when I watch TV, I try to turn myself off from the like the little things I see and I rolling my eyes and say, of course he did that because of this, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And like the historical mm-hmm. things, but it's really difficult. And just like little things, like I can't watch, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue watching like Brooklyn Nine-Nine because of all the madness of terror. Oh, yeah. Because I was just so frustrated with it. And I was talking to someone and then they were like, oh, but he apologized. And I'm like, what? What I feel like dirty apology. You understand what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you you called, um, you called out the situation when you were sexually assaulted. Every every black woman and their mama was riding for you and was like, oh, we stand with you and blah, blah, blah. Including Gabrielle Union that you're talking trash yeah. about. Uh-huh. And then now you're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, hands up. I didn't see it for myself personally. So, you know, I'm just so, just, I can't even describe to you how disappointed I am. I agree. Um, actually, this is so interesting that you brought this up. So my thing with Terry Crews is, okay, so the one I said about how diverse um, there can be racism in diverse spaces, they were actually talking about this particular subject on The Real. And that's when they brought it up because he, he kept saying about how it's one of the most diverse places he's worked. And that's the point. Like, it can be diverse and they can still be doing undercut stuff. And also behind the scenes, in front of the cameras, everybody's going to be 100. But behind the scenes, that's where you see the issues. And I think that's mainly what, Gabrielle Union was, was, was referring to. And also, exactly what you said, when he came out to talk about his experience, no one, nobody said, well, that wasn't my experience with that guy. I'm sure he's re- he was really nice. That's great. Your experience with someone can be amazing. And there, another person's experience with them can be awful. And I think that there come, there's this like privilege that a lot of guys have, whether black, white, or whatever, where they find it really hard to put themselves in you know, like the shoes of the underdog. And Mm. most of the time the underdog is a woman and obviously the black woman. So he, again, I feel like sometimes men put their gender before their race Mm. and they don't understand the intersectionality of things. So he was just talking like a man and he wasn't thinking about how it's going to affect somebody else. It was like, almost like, okay, I have to stand up for this show. I have to stand up for everything. And all he had to say was, honestly, um, I've loved working at, um, was it America's, whatever the show is called, oh whatever TV I mean, show, America's Got Talent. Talent. And I also love my, my sister, Gabrielle Union. You know, like how, like America's, I call everybody sister. <laughs> sister. <laughs> I love my sister, Gabrielle Union. Um, and, you know, right now, this is now a legal matter. So I can't talk too much about it. And I hope that at the end of the day, justice is served. That is it. You don't have to say anything beyond that. You can still keep your job. You can still keep your friendship without throwing her under the bus. And it's this thing where, sorry, I'm so passionate about this, but there's... No, I'm, 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 like, I'm right here with you, man. Honestly. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, black women are always writing for every single person. Damn and me, listen. And nobody oh writes for us. And even sometimes other black women don't write for us course on course like this idea of like it's not true that women don't support each other but this idea of like you know like today or what day was it yesterday in the feminism mm-hmm. space where yeah. Nigerian singer Tenny was about like you know oh this isn't this I just feel like it's a misogynistic thing I don't feel like it's just the patriarchy again getting in the way but I feel that black women specifically write for everybody and nobody only other black women write for us like mm. and it's, it's a bit frustrating it's nice that it we don't have each other 
but it would be nice if we, you know, we were supported. And I think even when we look back into historical times about how does black women have always held up families, always ho- have always like, you know, out of the communities. Right. Yeah. yeah, they've always done things that don't, have, that don't seemingly affect them. And even when we think about like the Black Lives Matter movement, w- black women are actually assaulted by police officers a lot. Well, because men obviously they get the the conversations are always around them and also women also like you know talk about it like you know black lives matter being run by two black women you know we only see those those situations and Mm. even then black women are the ones who are fighting for black men black women are always fighting for you know whatever it is whether it's cultural appropriation whether it's like human rights prison rights you know it's always black women in these spaces and then we never get the respect or credit we deserve and i find that black men often uh, very comfortable giving that credit to somebody who is not a black woman and i shall just leave it there <laughs> no no i completely no, no no honestly i feel like you hit the nail on the head because i think i was listening to um uh panel and i think yara shahidi was on there and she was talking about how like intersectionality works and how you know when you have when you are a black woman you can you can see all sides of the argument and how you take it upon yourself how we as black women take it upon ourselves to fight for everyone but then this notion of like black men sometimes turning their eyes to the injustice that is being done to black women is shameful and this is why terry cruz is so annoying to me because they the black men were sitting there laughing at terry cruz saying oh yeah. big, like, big man like you that kind of thing like 50 was one of the people that was coming to his defense especially gabrielle union. and he even tweeted about it talking about how like oh thanks to my sisters gabrielle union and all these people and personally what really pissed me off regarding the 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 conversation is that you could have actually kept your mouth shut mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not that hard to just shut up and just have no comment on it if you were going to move mad but you just out like just saying nope yep i didn't experience it so therefore because i didn't experience it's it, not it's real really there what and the i feel like he doubled about? down on his like you know i think when people called him out he said the only person he arrives for is his wife not even his children it's just like why do you know sometimes i feel like silence is good just shut up and even to, to add to that, like even beyond black men, because I know I said a lot about how like black men don't support black women, but even like how other races of women don't always support black women and also even other like sexualities and genders, like, you know, even the gay community, sometimes you have issues with like, you know, white gay men and just their, like, you know, everything is taken from black women. Um, mm. People's depictions of like, when people play the, obviously people have to like to stereotype gay people um, into like, brackets obviously there's no stereotype but you know when the idea of like oh the like loud you know colorful type of quote-unquote gay person um everything is taken from black culture you know when we even talk about going back to real house of housewives of atlanta we look at meme culture we look at like pop culture a lot of it comes from black women so many memes are from real houses of atlanta so mm, many of them yeah, and yeah for sure you know the the idea of what it's like like the the comical the honest the brutally honest the in your face um stereotype of a gay person a lot of it rides on taking things from black culture and so it's just very and black women specifically so it's also very disappointing that you know other groups that are also marginalized like the gay community and also they're obviously black gay people so Mm -hmm. we know that but we're talking about those that aren't so the lgbtq plus community black men other people of color i actually hate the term people of color but okay that's all we can use for it now other people of color um 
you know, there is this thing where black women are always just disrespected. Whenever we we talk about other people's issues, they were praised for it, were such good allies and supportive. But whenever we call anybody out for doing stuff that hurts us, it's like, oh no, you're so angry and so aggressive and you're so mean and, you know, all of this stuff. And it would just be nice if, you know, we got more support. But the good thing is that we support each other, which is great, minus some pickneys, but, you know. That's another, that's another conversation. <laughs> Gosh, it's, a, it's actually another conversation because I can really... Because with with being a black woman in like somewhere like Nigeria, you, you tackle a lot of different issues, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just men that you're dealing... Like the men in yes. Nigeria, and obviously, like you said, the pick-me's as well. But then in England, I feel like it's so insidious and the way they talk to black women... It's just hard to like call someone out directly. Actually, to be honest, when I moved back and people asked, so why'd you move back? That was one of the explanations I gave them that, you know, it's hard enough being a woman in Nigeria for sure. But being in the UK, even though like I, I find that also now it's worse than it was when I was there. Um, I feel like now the races kind of come out to play, not just on Halloween, every day. <laughs> every um, damn day. Every damn day. I know that it wasn't racist before, but I felt that the UK was a lot more covert. And now it's like, they, I guess with Donald Trump, I guess with like, um, what's that? Brexit and stuff. Guy? Yeah, Brexit. And, but the Boris guy, Johnson. Yeah, it's Trump's uh, mirror for reflection. Um, <laughs> Good old Boris. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, Boris and even that uh, Theresa May and her, because I always knew that Theresa May was a problem because when I was in the UK and dealing with my UK visa, I remember how she was in charge of the Home Office and how difficult it was under her reign. Um, but at least oh, then really? it wasn't as <laughs> it wasn't as overt. Um, but even then, you still felt all those microaggressions. The need to explain yourself, the need to be a certain kind of way, the thing that you call code switching. You know, all these little nuances that are in itself quite exhausting. And then you come out, you come home from work as a woman and as a black woman, feeling so tired from mm. having to without even speak without it. It's not even something you say, but having to be this person. You know, having to go to work this person. <laughs> your white colleagues so that they don't say that you're mean because you don't want to spend your Friday evening with them because oh my god what would it be like if you don't want to spend every waking moment with your colleagues they have to you know what I'm saying it's so dumb you know because everyone so say, I feel oh, like they want to be oppressed really badly. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no it's like I feel like honestly I completely agree with you and it's like as much as unconscious bias is a thing at what point are we like are people going to take responsibility like for goodness sake just educate yourself and understand that this is offensive like you comparing like i'm tired of people apologizing for random like some dumb stuff how is it that you don't understand that comparing a black man to an angry ape is offensive it doesn't i don't understand i can't wrap my head around that i I really really can't I think kind of the way Nigerian, older Nigerians do it as well, where because I've always done something this way before, it has to be correct. You're just sensitive. It's important to learn that what was done in the past might actually not be the right way. And the whole point in life is to consistently learn and learn better, newer, more efficient, shorter ways of living. So it goes across like, you know, even with technology, we realize, okay, I don't have to sweep the floor. I can get a vacuum cleaner. Oh, I don't have to go to a freaking phone booth. I can just whatsapp you know like technology exactly, has evolved yeah. right and life has evolved and everything has evolved but we don't want to evolve in our beliefs and our, our understanding our, yeah and our empathy and even sometimes our morals and so this idea of culture the whole culture is derived from a bunch of people doing stuff and then changes over time right Whoosh. so even 
even what was initially considered culture came from a change in something, you know, not everything. We're not doing what we started doing at the beginning of time, right? Everything evolves. So like, for example, in Nigeria, wedding culture now is everybody has to buy Ashwabi, whereas before it was just smaller members of the family or, you know, weddings are just so ostentatious, you know, or even just in Nigeria, like how music and our, our creative industry has changed. Our culture has changed, right? Mm. But I feel that a lot of... Um, white people who struggle with racism if i can call it that they don't want to they don't want to change they want whatever they've been doing in the past to be okay and you know it's actually okay Mm -hmm. to be like wow i used to do this before i didn't realize it was wrong but now i do that is human i grew up like this i grew up with my mother and father being gun toting (laughs) republicans who say the n-word and i realized <laughs> you know, I realized how offensive this e whole behavior was. So I yeah. decided that I was going to be better. It doesn't no. mean you know, whiteness itself is not a sin. It is not a you know, it's it is it is there's nothing wrong with being white. And this is really interesting as well because a lot of racist people really love other people's culture. So it's really interesting. It's it. Like in Chia when that woman was like white. like when that woman was like, Oh yeah, Tex Mex is 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 better than better than acting like, and it's like it's derived you know you can you can appreciate oh. yourself and figure out your culture and then also respect other people's cultures it's and also good. understand that maybe what you were doing before is not okay and i think that is perhaps the bigger issue nobody wants to take responsibility and even here when it comes to women and you know when I have conversations with older people about, oh, I don't want to do this in my family. I don't want to do this in my marriage. I don't want to do this. And they're like, oh, that's how it's always been done. That's what culture is. But it's actually not our culture. And then it's like unlearning what part is actually religion, what part is actually just whiteness, yeah, what, part yeah, is whiteness. Actually, which, what part is actually just patriarchy and misogyny. You know, like what, what part... There's so many layers to it. I I completely agree with you. And I was literally having this conversation with someone. I was like, you know, tradition is actually just people's ideas. You can actually change it. Like, if it's inconvenient, who is it serving? If it doesn't serve us, why are we still holding on to it? It doesn't make any sense. So that's why I feel like I don't understand why people don't understand the concept of unlearning stuff. It's actually okay to, like, if something is too heavy, to put it down. Do you understand what I mean? And that's what I, like, yeah. I can explain it completely perfectly. So, like, I feel like this is why platforms such as yours that you co-founded, obviously, Wine and Wine, yeah. is so important because women in Nigeria are really going through it. When I see, obviously, when I lived there and stuff recently, like, for the, um, the time, the two years or whatever, like, while I was there, I just thought, wow. <laughs> it's so hard to the ghetto (laughs) it is actually the ghetto because it's like the power dynamics and the the way it's almost like built in no not almost the way it is built into the system and how sometimes you can actually forget that what is going on like you see certain things and you see the way people talk to their employees their female employees in comparison to the way they talk to their male employees the way even just like a random man on the street would talk to like I remember I was driving or something I wasn't driving um, I was in my car with my friend who was driving and the way the person who was cleaning her window was talking to her and like she was just like oh no sorry don't clean my window and then he was like oh you're not even fine Seth and it's like <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> it's I'm so sorry, it's, not, it's just it's <laughs> it's just so ridiculous it's it really is. really is and it's like that's why I'm laughing. It's the ridiculous like nature of it all. 
um i was watching a tv show and they were talking about like the 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 latinx term and how Mm -hmm. saying latino is kind of um what's it called it It removes women and other genders exactly it removes Mm -hmm. them completely and i was like i never thought about it and i I, immediately at first i was like oh what's the big deal then as soon as she started explaining i was like ah okay and how i I was checking myself and i was like do you know this is how you can completely remove people out of the conversation because you Mm -hmm. feel like what's the big deal you know what i'm saying and i feel like Mm -hmm. it's on me to check myself i can't like Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, it's not that big a deal because i've decided it's not yeah that's why i don't that's why i feel like black women and people who are uh, intersectional feminists make so much sense and people should listen to us more yeah i mean it's it's interesting because based on what you said it's kind of like every other um sector or, or type type of sect of people you know we don't we're not broken down by our gender whereas like the latin community is like oh latino Lat- latina and it's just like mm. why you know you would say nigerians you would say oh, black people you would say because being being uh, lat from the latin community you're, it's not a race obviously so that's you know but just like using ethnicities or tribes we never break it down as like oh you're a ba you're a boo <laughs> or yeah, whatever yeah. So it's, I, I understand where they were coming from. Um, I think you were going to say something. I'm so sorry. And I think no, I no, no, that's fine. Uh, no, I was pretty much going to say that. How did you decide that? Why, like you were going to do wine and wine because starting something like wine and wine must have been so difficult because even just reading like some of the interactions you get on Twitter, I literally have to roll my eyes and just be like, ugh. And just even interactions in the last few days about feminism and just a mm-hmm. commentary from. Mm-hmm from different events that have happened over the week, like um, flipping Amber Heard and... Yeah. Yep, and how everyone's like, eh, feminists, yeah, not talking now. And it's like... And they were, but okay. They were! Just for reasons to be angry, but yeah. And I, then I, I get someone saying... And I think I sent you the video of the lady talking about, you know, feminists and people talking Kobe. about Kobe and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how... Did we get here? <laughs> what did we do to get to the this jump point? you took was incredible. Was incredible. Um, so with wine and wine, funny enough, I think that the misogynists and the lunatics on social media have actually made it easier for ha- growing a community like wine and wine. Uh, why I say that is, there is this. You feel so angry and frustrated, you just want a safe space. Mm. So because of this madness that you see online and the I mean there's a guy yesterday talking about how a single lady in a single room should be should not employ a cook and a cleaner but you're not paying her bills so why do you care so content like that I call it content because it's actually stupidly hilarious like why are you <laughs> saying this um, but situations like that um, I feel funny enough make it easier for safe spaces like wine and wine because when you're online and when you're around people who say such stupid things you kind of just want to meet people like yourself and mm-hmm. so when I moved back to Nigeria in 2015 I like you as well I just struggled with the madness of this place you know how everybody was just this girl you small girl this small girl that dear even recently a colleague of mine a guy just called me dear and i'm wondering why you know there's this thing that guys just don't do to each other guys i saw a tweet about how guys are so polite to other men and they no, are no, no, no. they really really are and with women you know it's just this this disregard we're almost treated like animals like beg, get out of here what do you care what does it matter you're not even fine everything is reduced to the way you look the way you um, look <laughs> and and it's like 
you know, and then also, even though you're just the way you look, you are not allowed to even take ownership of the way you look and use it. It's, it's a very hard experience in existence, but I think actually that has made it easier for people to want to connect to wine and wine because just the idea of being with other women and other people who just, who just are also as fed up also want to just enjoy life, also care so much about feminism and advocating for, you know, all, all, all oppressed people, you know, I feel that that's what made it so easy. So when I reached out to Odun, who is my co-founder at Wine and Wine, and, you know, I just told her about like how I just, when I'm with my friends, we all have great conversations and it's such a nice safe space, but then beyond that, how are other people feeling? How are we helping other women and how I'm sure there are other women that are like us because a big worry of, of mine when I first, or before I moved back was, will I have friends? Will I meet people like me? Because I hadn't, I mean, feminism, of course, was was still an important conversation, but not as much as it is now. And I worried <laughs> that there wouldn't be women like me. And I wasn't really big on uh, on Twitter then. I was still kind of just really Instagramming. And I just thought, oh, I'm not going to meet people like me. I'm just going to be with annoying Nigerians who all they care about is marriage and babies and w- their husbands and cooking and cleaning. And <laughs> there's nothing Please. wrong with that if you want that. But then just putting me, forcing me to be in that, that kind of person. Well, yeah, right. it's, it's really the problem. Like, do you and let me let me be me. And, and growing up, I just felt there was a lot of conversation about what will your husband say when you're married i'm 12 um what kind of wife are you going to be again i'm 14 um even if i was 21 like can i just breathe and and also maybe i was single you know and moving back and a lot of the people i met were through work or even like you like meeting you as well i started feeling like wow yeah so i feel like there were like sensible people like me out there and so after being frustrated and having a long day and even sometimes talking to a guy who is a friend or a partner of mine they just don't understand it to the level that you do because you're experiencing that Mm. and wanting to just give other women other women that space that i had found was really important to me and also just wanting them to get something out of it okay so what can we do i always wanted to figure out how to help other women you know and it's something that people have brought up about oh wine and wine being elitist which is ridiculous but again not everything can be for everyone and again the kind of safe space that i need and the kind of space safe space that a lower uh lower class woman or a woman in the market needs is completely different and there should be things for her but that does Mm. not necessarily mean it has to come from me but what we try to do is raise money for charities who do the work for other women who do work for women who are in marginalized communities who are in whatever situations they need to be and so wanting to not only find a safe space in a community of women but also give back to other women who don't have this opportunity is yes. very important for me yeah. and then also being able to educate people like myself so that we can always together educate more people like some of the some of the things that make me so happy is when like when people say oh my god i was wearing my wine and wine shirt and this lady said oh Maybe the shirt said, whatever, I, I can do anything I want or something like that. And then the lady goes, no, you can't, blah, blah, blah. And I educated them. I was like, no, actually I can. And, you know, just seeing that is great. Like a simple shirt that you got from Wine and Wine started this conversation. And then because you are empowered, you are able to, you know, educate this person and hopefully they're able to pass it on. So it's about having that triple effect, you know, where you're able to... I guess it's called a butterfly effect. You're able to help more than one person, one person and you're able to do it in a dynamic way. And sometimes I think when people think of like um, advocating for women or women empowerment, the only way they see it, I guess, is through like, you know, just again, maybe like feed a child a day. And that's great. You know, the, the diff- poverty alleviation is important. Um, child hunger, ending that is important. But I think that there are many ways to support women. And for me, a lot of it is in 
creating a safe space. And I have seen how that has transcended goals and transcended the group of women that have attended the, I think we've had about six events and I think we've encountered at least maybe a thousand women at this point. Oof, and then, you know, we have like 2000, we have about 2,500 women on, on Twitter, 2,500 on Instagram, 1,000 you know, subscribers like via email. The community is growing and the fact that people are so passionate about our events, like the women's only event that we had, you know, where we had like the female DJ, female bouncers, the fact mm. that they were saying how they love the bouncers because, you know, bouncers are actually douchebags in Nigeria. No, they are the worst. And they're always <laughs> ending up touching you or whole, like saying something really ridiculous or like... Yeah. So I think, I, to be honest with you, I loved that it that it was so successful in the way it was because I was so jealous that yeah. I wasn't able to attend. But what my thing about it was, I'm just seeing pictures, was that you women were able to have fun without yeah. it being about anything other than womanhood and yeah. enjoying themselves. Because I feel like men always somehow feel like they Boil are it. in the center of the conversation and they yeah. everything that we are or we do is centered around them somehow and i feel like and seeing you and Odu create that space was so amazing and just it working so well was just so inspirational and i think that something that i feel wine and wine does is encourage in a way that i don't feel i have seen a lot of spaces in nigeria do because it encourages people to say, do you know what? Like, how do I'm I... tired. Do Sorry? <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. It's that we say, I'm tired, but what, what else can we do? How do you know what I mean? Like, I'm tired and I want, like, to talk to somebody about it. I want to leave feeling like I've added information without without someone and it's talking about my experience and without feeling like I'm being preached to about, you know, you still have to behave like a lady and all this rubbish that people tell you. And it's like, no, 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 I'm pissed. And I am going to show people I'm pissed. And however you take it is however you take it. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like so much unlearning that we need to do as individuals. And we're still not obviously there, like fully there. there. It's nice that we're, we're on the journey together and I'm, and like, the education is being like taught and it's talked about and the conversation is there and it's moving and it's moving and the ball's rolling. So I'm very, very happy about it. And I feel like some people who would not necessarily have classed themselves, well, I saw tweets as somebody that said that they wouldn't necessarily have classed themselves as feminists is really seeing through her experiences and through her, vo- finding her voice and just seeing a lot of stuff. So I was really happy to see that. And that was somebody that came to your event. That makes me so happy. I mean, even what you said about how we try and talk to women. um, For me, I really hate, I think even from the the sex education course, I said how honesty is so important to me. I really hate the whole, we are girls, we're super, super great and everything's fine. An independent woman, 101. Like everything is so like... No, 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 I come exhausting and yeah, everything and it's like, everything must be so perfect and like we're gonna like we're Charlie's angels and, and there's nothing wrong in having a peppy, optimistic outlook on everything and that's cool. But also I wanna I want women to be feel like, you know, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be frustrated, you're allowed to be angry, your anger is valid, your feelings are valid, wanting to wanting to express yourself um 
knowing that society doesn't deem acceptable is is important wanting to come to a place and not worry about your drink being spiked not worry about how you're dancing if people are going to say oh you're trying to be slutty you're trying to attract men like being able mm. to be yourself and also in the space without you coming to talk, talk to me yeah and being okay and you not touching my waist in a weird way and yeah. whatever and, men do. and even being around other women and not having to perform uh, inspired you know i'm so inspired by oh what, you know there's a way that i feel not i'm not trying to drag anybody but there's a way that i feel a lot of women focused um events try to just like throw inspiration at you without actually being inspiring and i just didn't want no, please explain that please explain that i need to understand what you mean that's well what, what i mean is there are loads of like girl child i'm using girl child because that's been something people have been talking about today about how it actually makes no sense to say girl child girl but child, okay yeah. support the girl and a lot of um this idea of like okay come to this event and it's called inspiration 101 or inspired living and it's all about being inspired and it's not actually inspiring you because it's actually so performative and exhausting and i just didn't want our events to be like that i wanted you to leave being inspired without us having to force it on you if that yeah. makes any sense like you come to our events and you're like wow there are so many women like me i feel that i'm inspired by that wow other women are going through my struggles i love that other women are fighting like i am i love it without it being like this is how you have to be this is what we do to achieve it and then once you do it everything will be perfect um, I, I, kind of I have something mean. controversial to ask you actually yes please about do. It. I feel like it's been annoying me a little bit um what did you think about this whole girl dad hashtag um Okay, so two minds about it. Mm-hmm. I the story that the lady shared about Kobe was really touching. Okay. Um, it was very, and especially because they 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 passed him. Kobe and Gigi rest in peace. Um, I I can understand why it's so emotional for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and I also understand the how people are always like, oh, have a boy. Even it's even funny how even in the West, where you would think that this idea of a guy keeping the child, you know, keeping the name of the family running, would, you know, is still a big thing. And people coming up to him and saying, oh, you guys have a guy next. And him being so proud to have daughters. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And I understand like why it's important that somebody is saying that. And, and like, you know, him him being so proud of his daughters because a lot of times which is great that idea of like you must have guys especially i mean being nigerian we know that that's the thing about like oh Uh, we're only girls trust me yeah you're just girls you don't you're not important um so i understood that um that being said i think that when it comes to fatherhood um in this day and age i think that men get a pass for doing bare minimum so I sometimes feel that, and it's not even so much about the girl dad thing. It's just like, I feel that sometimes like guys can just be like, oh yeah, look at me taking my daughter to school. I'm a girl dad. Super. And it's... <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I mean like... like thing. It's no. just, sometimes I feel like men get a- away with doing the bare the minimum bare that women literally do without even getting a thank you. But I do love that, you know, people are just by that message and especially because, you know, the hotels look up to any guy that passes um hopefully they'll be nicer to to women and also they'll value their daughters more and and not in a way where they just value their purity i-e-t-i um but actually value them as people so i'm not really offended by it but i I can see why it can be kind of annoying but what is your take on it i don't know if i answered okay so um you're talking about like a lot of things that were in the conversation over the last few weeks and like sorry not the last few the last few days and i think that you know seeing how close kobe and Gigi were like you said rest in peace um 
was is really like so amazing and i love their relationship and just like having a daughter who is like like you in every way so mm-hmm. so sweet but for me it wasn't really about the kobe conversation per se it was more about um the way people interpreted it right okay and for me it's like oh okay so kobe has a daughter that is is, is um is like this so maybe my daughter is valuable do you know what I mean? so it's like <laughs> because yeah so because kobe has valued valued his daughter, daughter i know i yeah. now should i now i'm gonna think about my daughter in a different way not that she is mine not that um i am part like I'm, I'm part of who I'm um, her DNA, not anything to do with that, but That's because Kobe. somebody external is like valuing his child and props to Kobe for like being so involved in her, their lives. And like, just the whole situation is so sad, man. But it's like now that somebody who I consider an idol, I'm talking about the men who the men consider an idol is like, um, oh, maybe girls are not so bad, you know? And that's the vibe yeah. that I got. And I was just a little bit irritated by it. And I'm going to say it with my chest because I really, really felt like it was a little bit irritating. And especially that, that, um, that, that tweet that you sent me that, um, yeah, I think he was joking, but he was definitely saying what a lot of, like what you were saying, what a lot of other people are doing. And, and that's what I mean about like how, how guys get a pass for doing the bare minimum. Like, mm. oh yeah, there are good dads like oh yeah well I you know I take them to school sometimes I sometimes tell them they look nice and I pat them on the head you know so I'm already a good dad but now I'm a super good dad because so now Kobe, you know this, I, this is Kobe why I love your, no, love because your like, daughter because like Kobe like the whole conversation around around him was like talking about how the reason why he did the helicopter ride was to spend more time with his daughters and I think that was great I think any parent who goes out of their way to make mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to make time for the children because as we're growing up, I'm realizing that being a parent because I don't really like, hard. It's really hard. That's why I'm like, mm, Lord, please, I'm not ready. In like, just seeing how much effort it is to mold, mold a human being is a lot. So mm-hmm. seeing how he was with his daughters is so inspirational. But then seeing that people are like only valuing because another man is valuing is just so mm-hmm. like. I think they've done this from the beginning of time. I mean, mm-hmm. by beginning of time, I mean Tupac. Um, I think there's this thing that guys do where whenever somebody who is famous and is a guy, a black guy, passes away, mm-hmm. their words become like, like Shakespeare. <laughs> and, um, and that's cool uh, because, you know, our culture matters. But they become, yeah, immortalized and, you know, you know, whatever they say, oh, Tupac said, a bitch and a slut are two, or a bitch and a woman are two different things. And then they'll really be quoting rubbish and really, really be, we say it with their chest, you know? No, and that's obviously not all he said. I'm just using one example. Because I love Tupac, so, you know. You know, I'm not, and I'm just, and again, what I mean is that people are flawed, but once, like, someone passes away, they become, like, God. angelic. Yeah. Um, and so everything. But so wow, you know, Tupac loved his mommy. I gotta love my mama too. Um, Nipsey loved his loved Lauren London. I gotta love my woman too. And Kobe loved his daughters. Yeah, now nah, I have to care about my daughters. No, like, no, for sure. Why do you always have to wait for somebody you respect to do it? But I think that's kind of how I don't know. I guess that's how people work. I mean, I remember when. I think it was in one of Jay-Z's songs he said about how when he had blue, he finally understood something, something. I'm just like, why does it always, why do you guys always need the, you know, the fire burning kind of, 
you know, biblical. Real, like, yeah, like a real, to, yeah. To realize things. But um, I, I do understand the frustration there. Oh, well. I just think Another that the whole, the whole conversation around Kirby is really, really sad. So, you know, I'm just going to leave it there because it was just like, yeah. the week was a lot. One last thing that I was going to talk about was how how are you dealing in general? How's your life like in terms of mentally and how are you balancing like it, we talked about how like you're balancing work but in terms of like yourself how are you dealing with life something i struggle with is honestly funny enough balance um i tend to overwork myself because i'm a perfectionist and as you've told me sometimes i do suffer with imposter syndrome um but i'm going to blame the virgo in me um and you know so Right now, honestly, I, I've been struggling with being burnt out. And this is what I was saying about when you do too much, mm-hmm. um, like multitasking and all these things, like you think you're being efficient, but actually at least it, there is a cost. And there is a time when you're just like, okay, I can't function anymore. And one of those things for me is like my memory. I forget things a lot now because I'm always like, there's always something in my head. There's just no free, there's no free relaxation time. So what I've been trying to do is actively take time out to... Um, relax, to have fun, like to play sports. For me, I realized that physical activity like tennis and yoga really helped me um, just just to feel better. They really helped my mental health. Um, but then I also realized that I had high functioning anxiety, which is basically <laughs> when you're, you have anxiety, but because you're not the kind of person that breaks down, um, you forget that you're like, okay, maybe I don't actually have anxiety. This is like, you, you know, it took me a long time to realize that I even did have anxiety. And then when I read up on high functioning anxiety, which is like, you're struggling, like you have moments where you, like you're working, 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 you're like, oh, everything's fine. And then maybe you just cry a little. And then, <laughs> maybe and then you're you like, oh, like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I've done it. I'm all right. Um, and then just paying attention to myself and, you know, like I said, doing what I need to do to make me, myself feel better, physical activity, but also sleep. Um, I think there is this big, big lie that people put out, which I've loved that I've seen on social that people have changed it and be like, this is a damn lie. When they say, oh, if you want to be rich, you don't sleep. Sleep. Rich people don't yeah. sleep. We yeah, sleep when like, we're dead. <laughs> sleep when we're dead. Um, you will die. Rapper's okay. famous quotes. <laughs> Um, and I realized, I think in my early twenties, you know, when you first get out of uni, you're on this like hype of, okay, life, I'm going to wear my suit and go to work and make it and smash it and be Miss Independent and being sex in the city and no everything by 25, yeah. you know, and you're working yourself so hard. You're not sleeping as much. You're not taking care of your body. And then you reach an age where you're like, okay, Damn, I'm yeah. exhausted. I need to yeah, and then, myself more. And now I have no shame in saying that I actually need nine hours of sleep to function. When I get seven, I could be okay. But ideally, I need nine. The problem is that my body is so used to <laughs> having to wake up early. Um, mm-hmm. But prioritizing my sleep and prioritizing my peace and my time, whether with God, time with my friends, time, time with you know, my loved ones, and also time alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I've learned that... Um, I've learned that it's okay not to be doing something all the time, like not to be working all the time. And even even when your relationships with people, when you know hanging out with your friends, all that stuff becomes like work, then you need to look take a look at it and reflect on it. Like this is, shouldn't be this exhausting. You know, making time out for your friends shouldn't be exhausting. Um, so doing do like, sports or whatever shouldn't be exhausting. So yeah. do you feel like when you um when you have you feel exhausted by friendships and stuff. It is more about you than them. Like in terms of with regards to this, with regards to being anxious and being like tired, do you think it's more about you specifically with regards to the friendships? 
Uh, mm. Well, with me, so, so uh, speaking about myself and my friendships, a lot of my friends are honestly quite understanding people. So I, if, if you have a friend that's sort of like demanding of your time and not understanding like what adulthood is, mm. then maybe you need to have a conversation with that friend. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with their feelings. It's just like maybe you guys have different priorities and then yeah. maybe that friendship just needs to evolve or maybe it doesn't yeah. work anymore. But for me, what I realized is that I put a lot of pressure on myself to mm, be the I best do. at everything that I do. Yeah. Um, whether it's like, okay, how can I be a great partner? Okay, I need to spend time with this person. How can I be a great dog owner? Okay, I need to do this and do this. How can I be a great, you know, whatever. And realizing that, you know, things shouldn't be, it's okay to just not be excellent at everything and it's okay to relax and it's okay to take time off. And it doesn't mean that you are on serious or lazy or a failure. And so I don't know if there are people like me, but I struggle with not doing something at every waking minute. Like I schedule my time so much. And that's why I said it's like high functioning anxiety. Like, okay, even to relax. And this is something that I was reading up about people with high functioning anxiety, where it's like, people don't understand this, but honestly, priorities, like putting prioritizing certain things and putting like not a list but saying okay i putting in time to relax it might seem so controlled to other people but because you are kind of person like like if i'm a kind of person who works really well with order knowing that i have scheduled time to relax makes me feel less stressed because i know that okay this okay, is okay, okay 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 you know that makes so sense. it's all yeah like understanding yourself and and not trying to perform what you think adulting should be i feel like i said a lot of things and i no, don't no, know which I, of them is helpful, but yeah <laughs> i listen to you because i feel like both of us are, have a lot of the same like i feel like we i we get both get anxious but the way you handle it is completely different to the way i handle it so when yeah. i when i talk to you and i hear some of your your stuff and i'm like what you did what and like stuff like um scheduling in time and stuff i'm pretty much one of those people that if it's too much i'm gonna take myself out of the situation and come back to it when i'm ready but then you are completely different like you tackle yeah head i'll on. keep pushing yeah i'll keep pushing head head and and the funny thing is i always think i'm so aware but i'm actually not uh, about my own body Mm, and i've noticed that my body tells me so many things and i just don't listen even my stomach issues you know this is tmi but you know people who have high anxiety struggle with 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 stomach issues you know how they say you feel sick to your stomach people who Mm. are like me who are so into control and order we tend to have you know do you think you have not stomach yeah well not really just like you know when you feel say because i feel sick to my stomach or when you're nervous and you throw up or whatever like Mm. your stomach your, your gut and your nervous system are connected um and so your body is telling you something and also with me like i tend to get ill when i'm run down like most people you know but specifically that is how my body is saying okay take yeah, a yeah, like, break yeah you know? and like come on learning to, exactly and learning to listen you know there's this thing i don't know if it's i don't know maybe it's just me because i don't think it's a generalization of black women but i feel like this is always this need to be the top of your on top of your game to be excellent to be the best to keep pushing because that other person push, she's woman. iconic you think so? Yeah. I think it's definitely black women because there's like this whole conversation of like you don't there isn't another there might not be another shot. There might not be another time where you get to show yourself as as the best or whatever. And I think that that is something that I I'm writing about currently. It's about how, you know, other people and other races get to kind of be they get to have moments of mediocrity where it's like, mm-hmm. mm, you know, um let me let's just exist and we'll see we'll figure it out but like there's a pressure and from like parents and 
grandparents where they're like, no, 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 you have to work hard. You have to prove to be the best. And I think that's so, t- it's tattooed on our minds. And mm-hmm. we feel like if we don't do this, we're letting a group of people down who could have had that spot or we're letting a group of people down or we feel like we're stereotyping. They're so like, it's so layered. Um, we feel like, oh, if we don't do this, um, we're going to prove ourselves to be like the lazy stereotype. Or if we, we don't do it, we're going to, people are going to assume that that's how all people of our race are. You know what I'm and saying? And I think even, even when we think of like hashtags and, and, and movements that are really great for us, but also how detrimental they can be, like the idea of black excellence and black girl magic, it actually puts a lot of pressure on you to actually... I mean, I wish sometimes, like, okay, so when we say black girl magic, we think of, like, Serena, Beyonce, oh, they're fucking... Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. They're really amazing, and they're doing all these great things, right? And that's yeah. cool. But sometimes, can we be mediocre? Can we just this be average? Can, we, can, can I just be... Do I have to be excellent? Do I have to be Diddy? To, do, I, who, do I suppose the third person? Diddy, uh, uh, Jay-Z, and, and uh, Swiss Beats? Like, can I, can I just be... <laughs> no, no, honestly. Because do I have to be so excellent? It's actually very exhausting. And even the idea of, like, okay, Black History Month, Black Power, Black Excellence, Black... It's great. And I, I know it's, it's because a lot of times we're not celebrated. I mean, it's so beautiful. But that's why people like Issa Rae and, and, and um, Awkward Black Girl and... Um, what was that? Um, the black uh, black women yeah. sketch show, you know, that episode oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Like, about like the perfect being like the perfect, you know, agent woman. Oh. Yeah, like you know, it it was really telling. Is like, can can I just be? Can I do? I have to be excellent all the time. And, and I think that there is this inner drive to be the glowing mel- melanin. And I think mm. that it would be okay if we celebrated it as, oh, I'm glowing and I didn't even have to do anything. Can I just sometimes rest? Why do I have to perform excellence all the time? It's true because I feel like we get so much, so many um, like movies and mumblecore like films that just show people existing, people just going through their day-to-day life and it being relatable and fun and cool. So it's like, I feel we need to reflect that more in our cinema, just Mm -hmm. like seeing black people existing in their spaces and it just not be, oh, the first black slave to do whatever he did or first black person to do this or first black person to do that it can just be a black person going to stay to do this just a black like, person existing and just being like you know what i'm just gonna chill today and my life doesn't have to be anything ridiculously monumental and that be actually okay to the person and the person is actually all right and that's why I think going back, to, this is what I love. I love talking about pop culture, but um, I think that's why going back to shows like Atlanta are so beautiful because they're actually not that great. They're actually just existing and struggling. And it's so nice to see, you know, nobody in that show is exceptional. <laughs> like Zazie Beats character, a girl. What's happening? <laughs> Childish character. Donald Glover's character. Lakeith is just leave, living his best life trying to be you know magical and you know what's my favorite guy fail- yeah and failing at rapper. he's really really just fa- failing at um, <laughs> just failing at life and i love that Charles gambino really um highlights it and just says look stop it like even with the whole thing about him what's his name again what's the rapper's name Bloody hell. i know and i love him and i'm annoyed I love him, because yeah. i can't really i need to, i can't remember his name right now and this is why i say about watching too many oh, tv yeah, shows watching so many tv shows oh. and i just love how he does it like charge gambino really really makes like the writing on it is really really good i like that his character is really annoying and he's struggling he's actually annoying and he's, he's so failing. Annoying. 
and paper boy. He's such a bad yeah, paper boy. He's paper such a bad dad. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, he actually is the worst. He's such a selfish I, person. Yeah, and it's just it's just nice when you have shows where people don't have to be successful. Like even okay, so on Insecure, I would like it if Lisa could. She does. It's four seasons now. She needs to get herself together. But I also like that she wasn't. Like perfect. It, like she wasn't like um at the top of her game. She wasn't like yeah. doing anything. I like that she got fired. Yeah, and even with Molly, like okay, they've shown like Molly's at the top of her game, quote unquote, in her work. I know I do this quote unquote thing, and you judge me a lot, but she's at the top of her of her career, and you know, but she's still struggling with her self confidence, her self worth, mm. and her relationships. You know that. You Money don't have to have it all. I think when it comes to the black experiences, like you have to have it all. You have to have the baby, the trophy, the career, the banging body, the great skin, your melanin is popping. Yeah. Like everything. Great hair yeah. while you're doing it. Yeah, while you're doing it and just killing it and just being flawless. And it's beautiful that we celebrate ourselves. And this is not to say that any of those songs or any of those um, movements or, or hashtags are not important. It's just like, I would also like to be like, mediocre sometimes even though i'm not like i'm not there's a difference there's a difference between being normal and basic okay two different things you know once be basic tell the people but, explain it to them service i mean like the episode of um black lady sketch club which was about like not being a basic bitch and like, oh, yeah. there, there's a difference between like can i just breathe can i not have like that there are women who are going through life trying to be like they have to be. They have wake up in the morning. They have to look great. They have to look great at work. Be great at work. Not cry. Let, let anybody see them act any kind of way. Not let any man treat them anyhow. Not let any white boss talk to them anyhow. Not let, like you are constantly, you know, make, making moves, it, you know, yeah. living the best, you know. But then also, can I just be like? Do I have to be at the top of my game all the time? Do I have to go from achievement to achievement to achievement? I just want to be normal, and I think that's why people related to SZA a lot, you know, with her album. You know, and that's some normal girl. I wish I wasn't. No, I just, I just want to be myself and not ex- be excellent. And then there's like basic people, and then there are loads of examples. I think everybody knows a basic person. Most times we don't consider them black. We know that who they are, but <laughs> there are basic people. And maybe basicness is not being yourself, and it's performing something. Mm. I think a lot of times those people who are basic are performing what some people- sort of life what they think that people need from them and what they think yeah. they're supposed to be, right? Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really true. Um, I, this is, I love talking to you so much because I feel like we go for hours and hours on a regular day <laughs> talking about literally all these things. And it's so nice to be able to Thank have you for having me. 